Every time a missile misses its target, a train derails, or a faulty airbag fails to save a life, we wonder whether these failures, which can sometimes reach catastrophic proportions, are caused by a counterfeit part that may have infiltrated the supply chain. Welcome to People to People, working together for your safety with host Stan Salat, Jr., Stan has the answers to your questions on protecting yourself and the safety of your loved ones, including your pets. Don't miss out. Now, here is Stan Salat. Hello and welcome to People to People, working together for your safety. I'm your host, Stan Salat. Our show today is Toxins and Counterfeits, Safety for All. My guest today is actually you, the listening audience. My audience, over time, has provided a number of very interesting questions, and today I'm going to focus on sharing answers to some of those questions, talking about the toxic uh, world we live in, some of the things that um, I have been working on over the years, as well as the issues of counterfeit, which kind of stays within the realm of what we do each week here on People to People, working together for your safety. Our show wouldn't be possible without sponsors, so I start by uh, introducing once again our sponsors, uh, Business and Quality Process Management, LLC. Uh, Business and Quality Process Management provides business process and quality management consulting, training, and software tools. The principles of BQPM led the development and implementation of the international standard for um, a hazardous substance process management certification, and that is used by more than 4,500 manufacturers to demonstrate their compliance to the European Union's restriction of hazardous substance laws and the International Counterfeit Avoidance Certification Program. To learn more about what BQPM does and how they can help your company, visit their website at www.bqpm.com. Secure Components, LLC, is an independent distributor specializing in obsolete and hard-to-find components. Secure Components is the first company in the world to achieve international certification for their counterfeit detection and mitigation process controls. Their IECQ CAP certification was achieved in accordance with the SAE AS6081 standard. That's an international standard used by companies to demonstrate their compliance with detection and mitigation of counterfeits. When you need to find high-quality, obsolete, or hard-to-find components, you want Secure Components on your team. To learn more about what Secure Components can do for you, visit their website at www.securecomponents.com. Now, this is the place that I usually introduce my guests, so I'll introduce my guest as you, the listening audience, like I said, uh, as I started we have a host of questions uh, that I'm going to try and summarize and answer. Um, to get us started on this, I'd like to uh, talk a little bit about the episode today and generally ask the question, 
Did you know that the Federal Environmental Protection Agency, that's the EPA as we often refer to it, encourages efforts to reduce packaging and household waste? Seems rather straightforward. But through but they do that through a low-key exhortation rather than regulations. Uh, as we all know, the United States prefers to trust and verify or allow folks to uh, participate and businesses to participate. And then we use uh, a source of litigation when things don't work right. The United States, unlike Britain, uh, for example, imposes no special federal tax on landfills and weaker regulations makes it easier to expand them. These practices often differ in uh, differ in image, uh, emerging countries, rather, coupled with ways industry counts on consumers, coupled with the ways industry counts on consumers buying products without much scrutiny, can lead to our willingness to participate in an epidemic that continues to alarm consumer advocates and environmentalists. The um, the answers to some of the questions, focusing daily on risk, we, we face every day a risk uh, based on the high pace that we live, uh, the, the ever-changing environment, realizing, of course, that products change. The, the typical product life cycle is about 18 months now. So it's quite common for us as consumers to buy things with the expectation today that they really may not last as long as we'd like them to. Uh, if you think back about it, uh, think back on it rather, and look at time, and for those of us that are, if you will, a bit more mature, I'll put it that way, uh, rather than using the term older, uh, those of us that are a bit more mature age-wise, uh, we can remember back when our folks who grew up in the depression days took everything very seriously they really paid attention to what they were buying for the most part and if you bought a refrigerator you expected it to last for 20 years if you bought a washer or a dryer uh, if you bought a an automobile uh, you kept it together you maintenanced it uh, these were investments that would in fact last for a long time. You expected them to last for a long time and consequently uh, when you purchased, you purchased based on that and looked for the high quality long life products. Today we don't quite do it the same way. Uh, when was the last time you had a cell phone that was more than a year and a half, two years old? Uh, the industry itself has created that marketing ploy by having two-year contracts. And then uh, as you come close to that two-year date, they start marketing that it's now something you can upgrade. So out the old phone goes, maybe working, maybe not, and in comes the new phone. So basically, we exchange things on a regular basis. We anticipate that there is a shorter life or more importantly, perhaps what we're doing is looking at the new things and wanting the new technology, which is by all means uh, relative today. Things continue to change very quickly. 
So we wind up with what we've purchased not having long life. Industry has become very accustomed to this. And as such, there are many organizations, many companies that build products and continue to build and sell. There are also a lot of companies that pop up that create what we will call a look-alike product or a similar product and actually not steal the intellectual property. They won't actually copy specifically the logos, but they come very close to that. Um, I'm actually looking at one on the Internet right now, and this has to do with counterfeiting. Uh, there's a site on the Internet that is, uh, let me find it again, it is Images of Counterfeit Products. If you go out to the website and do a search and look for Images of Counterfeit Products, you'll find a host of images, and it goes on and on and on. I'm looking at uh, some of them right now on, on my screen, and uh, Arm & Hammer pops up as one of them. So somebody has actually created a product called Arm and Hatcher, or Hatchet, rather. Arm and Hatcher, Hatchet, rather than Arm and Hammer. And the arm is holding a hatchet rather than a hammer, but everything else, if you look at it, uh, if you weren't paying attention, you'd buy Arm and Hatchet rather than Arm and Hammer. Uh, the same way I'm looking here at Oreo Cookies, uh, head and shoulders, uh, the shampoos, the hair shampoos. Just one thing after another. Pills are in here, medications, if you will. Um, there are the Dodge emblem for automobiles is in here. The Sharpie uh, writing implements are in. Uh, images of those that are counterfeit. And the list goes on. So when was the last time you went out and bought something? And when you got it home, you found that it wasn't quite what you thought it was. I've had some questions raised by folks. How, how can you tell? And particularly, how does one go about knowing when they buy on the Internet that what they're buying is actually authentic? Um, it's very difficult, uh, to say the least. And from what we've seen, and this is part of the reason the U.S. government is Homeland Security, I believe, directly, has been taking steps to close down or seize, if you will, uh, websites that they have determined are, in fact, counterfeiting uh, brand names and products sold here in the U.S. That's the quickest and easiest way to get them off the network. But when you go out, you'll find, and this is another interesting thing for purposes of talking about counterfeit again, you can actually find recommendations, uh, reviews, if you will. Everybody wants a review. So you'll find on the Internet reviews, and what we know for a fact is somebody that's counterfeiting, that truly is counterfeiting, will go out and they will write their own reviews. They'll actually create a group of reviews that they put on the system, they put on the internet. So it looks like when you're reading about their products, 
the the reviews are there. They're different names. They're coming from different or appear to be coming from different places. And uh, what you wind up having is positive reviews, negative reviews. Depends on the organization and how many they write in either a positive. Well, they would write them in positives. You'll get the folks who are actually experienced difficulties, experiencing difficulties, uh, will write reviews as well, but they're usually less of them. And what you wind up seeing is 10 or 15 or 20 very positive reviews, one or two either poor reviews or bad reviews. And at that point, um, you go ahead and perhaps you buy it. Once you've purchased it and you get it, only then do you find out that it is not what you thought it was. And this is a very serious problem. It's a problem with counterfeiting from the standpoint of a product that isn't what it should be. Uh, Diet pills, one of the products that is uh, high on that list. Whatever the fad is, think about yourself, think about your, your friends and your neighbors, Think about the things that you go out and buy each day, and wherever there's a strong um, demand or a lot of interest, which can also be created by the unscrupulous uh, counterfeiting companies, counterfeiters, they create that demand by hyping the products. They talk them up on the internet. They use social media. What And everything they're doing actually looks very legitimate. Do we have a way? There, there's obviously some software folks, software engineering folks. There's uh, a listening, my listening audience, our listening audience, you out there listening to, to this broadcast and others are aware of things perhaps that could be done. And I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to get your input on things that we might uh, share with authorities, with the international community. How can you look at a website, short of just not buying off the Internet, which is not going to happen anytime soon? We're going to continue to buy. There's, there's really no question that that's going to continue. But as a consumer or as a user... How can we determine when you're looking at a website that it is truly a legitimate website, that the company is legitimate, that the organization has demonstrated with, with certainty that they are, in fact, uh, selling the products, uh, products and or services that are what we expect? This becomes extremely difficult. Uh, it's also dangerous as we talk about these things. And the, one of the biggest concerns I have with counterfeiting, which I've shared many, many times, is when you're counterfeiting, you, you actually make products that are substandard. You would need to make them inexpensive in order to sell them and make a, a good profit. The counterfeiters are learning to charge more for their cheap uh, non-regulated products and one of the ways that that's done is by using substandard materials and many of those substandard materials are materials that have been 
regulated out of use. That's the high lead content plastics. It's the high cadmium uh, content plastics. It's plastics with the phthalates that exceed uh, excess, uh, um, acceptable limits for human and animal life. Uh, these are the things that they're using in part because they're much cheaper. The good companies, the reputable organizations, don't use them, which means those that are producing them and selling them are selling them much cheaper. So when you purchase something, uh, I think recently there was a, a news article or an internet article on handbags that came into the United States. They were counterfeited with a brand name on them. And potentially more to the issue, they were high in lead content on the outer sides of it. When you uh, analyze the, the purse, the handbag, uh, what they found was that it had a high level of lead in the finish on the outside of it. That's how counterfeiters make it less expensive. We know that a lot of the counterfeiting of pharmaceuticals actually turns out to be cornstarch used instead of actual uh, uh, medical ingredients. And as a result of that, you're taking a product, uh, potentially a life-saving product or so you think, and you wind up without the medication that you expected. This, unfortunately, is another area where Internet has become tremendously uh, used. It's used a lot. There are plenty of uh, reviews alongside of these medicines or particularly the diet uh, medications that are available online now. And what you find when you get it is, uh, in fact, starch or cornstarch or powder of some sort. Uh, potentially not something that will hurt you, but more, more of an issue is that it is not something that is helping you achieve what it is you're trying to achieve. Uh, one of those recent ones is the uh, medication called uh, Oralstat, which is a weight reduction, a fat uh, diminishing uh, tablet, and again, uh, there are those out there selling products that turn out to be uh, counterfeit. There's nothing in them that's of any effect. We need to take a short break. I'll be back in just a minute to share more of the questions that are being asked and the uh, things that are going on in both the counterfeit and the hazardous substance. Don't go away. Uh, this is Stan Salat. Be right back. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Secure Components is proud to be the first independent distributor certified to the Department of Defense adopted AS6081 counterfeit avoidance standard. 
Our clients view us as partners in counterfeit avoidance because we share our source of supply. We have earned their trust to procure electronic and mechanical components specifically when their requirements are obsolete or unavailable from authorized sources. Visit securecomponents.com today to learn why the largest aerospace defense and technology companies in the world partner with Secure Components. Did you know that hazardous substances and counterfeit material can be in everything we buy? From new clothing, cars, toys, power cords, and charging units, to your garden hose and the drywall in your home. Did you know that many of these toxins or counterfeits have been found to cause infertility, birth defects, autism, obesity, and diabetes, which can be passed down from parents to children? It's nearly impossible to know the ingredients in these products, yet Stan Salat Jr., author and creator of the not-for-profit HSF Mark Alliance and Counterfeit Avoidance Mark Alliance, believes that consumers have the right to know the type and amount of hazardous materials in the products we buy. Are you a retailer, a manufacturer, a manager, and a person who cares about the safety of the products you sell and buy? Protect your assets, your job, and your family now. Tell Stan that you want his help. Contact BQPM today. Visit our website at www.bqpm.com or call toll-free 877-415-0191, bqpm.com. Together, we are working for your safety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. This is People to People, working for your safety. If you have a question or comment about the program, please send an email to stan.salat at eccorp.org. Again, that's stan.salat, S-A-L-O-T, at eccorp.org. Now, back to People to People. Welcome back to People to People, working together for your safety. I'm your host, Dan Salat. Our show today is Toxins and Counterfeits, Safety for All. My guests are actually, is, uh, my guests today are the, the uh, listening audience and the questions that the listening audience has sent in over time. We're addressing some of those questions and trying to share just a little more about what it is that uh, we're attempting to do. The things that I'm uh, pushing, if you will, the the podium or the uh, soapbox or, you know, I'm not sure what you want to call it, but the advocacy that people to people working together for your safety, and really the root and, uh, and the fundamentals of it. I have shared over a number of different shows that in some ways, uh, toxic materials, particularly the lead, uh, lead aspects of it or cadmium is something that uh, got me started in this in the business of uh, hazardous substance uh, process management the improved quality management system supply chain management doing things both nationally and internationally that would hopefully change the way the world works uh, maybe a bit ambitious but that uh, that's something that comes very personal to me uh, as I've grown and, and lived and watched 
uh, family members and seen uh, very personally the effects of autism, uh, Asperger's and others, uh, both personally within my family and externally with friends and their families. Uh, it it grew to a point where I felt that it was something that I could do something about, uh, however big or small. Uh, I would I would do what I could to change the way things are done. Toxic chemicals in products is really something driven by cost. It's driven by not knowing what we do not know. It's driven by greed. Um, it's driven by a lot of things, and I think if we step back in time, one could argue that the toxic chemicals in products such as asbestos, we've talked about that on the show before, uh, we've talked about the lead, specifically about the lead, and I think I've shared with folks that you know, what got me into this, uh, again, the question being how did, how did I wind up doing this, and, and what do I see coming out of what I do. I personally grew up with uh, a father. My father was a plumber for a while. And at the age of five or six, I was carrying lead ingots between the truck where the material came in and the melting pot before it was used to put pipes together. And we never thought much about it. I would carry these five-pound ingots uh, five, six, seven, eight years old. It was neat fun to work with my father out in the field, uh, particularly evenings and weekends, but it was something to do. When I finished working, nobody really thought about the fact that I should have gloves on or that I should wash my hands. You're out in the field, so washing your hands before you eat was not something that happened often. And so one thing led to another, and I learned over years of experience that that was something I should not have done. But we didn't know back in the 1950s and 60s all of the effects that these things could bring, the, the cadmium, the mercury, the lead, uh, asbestos, uh, as well as some of the phthalates that we currently know about, the, the chlorines in products particularly with the development of plastics. So over the years, these things have come up. Uh, some companies continue to use it because it's less expensive. I personally believe that part of the issue uh, with the ongoing, if you will, dilemma of, with uh, emerging countries or growing countries like China uh, some of the Asian countries where we see a lot of these products coming out of those countries. My personal feeling from experience and from seeing what happens, there's no regulations that prevent them in their country from using lead products, lead paints, lead, lead finishes. Not like there are in the United States, in Europe, in other Western developed countries, Japan even, uh, Korea is another one that has some fairly strong laws or regulations on what can and can't be used and where it can and can't be used. And consequently, since there's nothing to stop me from using it as a manufacturer, if it works, if it seems to be appropriate, and one could argue if I don't know better, um, I would choose to do that uh, 
in part to satisfy the product development process, also in part to satisfy the investors. There are realities associated with that. There are occasions when it's totally uh, by accident. Somebody puts the wrong thing on and it winds up finding its way. Unfortunately, more often it's, it's driven by making inexpensive products. Uh, products that are substandard in some cases, much like Japan was back in the 1940s and 50s, uh, 1960s, uh, even up to the early 1970s, where we went into Japan as as industry goes, and Dr. Deming, uh, Dr. Duran, others actually helped Japanese manufacturers learn uh, test new methods, test new approaches, the whole quality movement, uh, total quality management, uh, product development, various ways of producing things and more effective ways. It was kind of a um, an engineering lab, if you will, for some folks to do that. Today, the same things are going on. The difference is it's not as much with the proficiency of manufacturing as it is with the cost avoidance or the reduction of cost, as well as the changing industries. I'm not sure how many of you really understand and recognize or realize that the European Union, starting actually back in the late 70s, started moving towards uh, total quality management to change the way industry worked. They were also addressing the environmental management systems, and they were looking for ways particularly to reduce landfill, keeping in mind that as an individual country, they're much smaller than the United States. They don't have uh, the luxury of having uh, huge landfills that they can fill up as they increase their populations, increase the amount of um, waste that has to go somewhere. So they started back in the late 70s, early 80s, working on this. By the late 90s, they had started putting in place regulations that addressed recycling, uh, which was the first part of the equation. That, that was that let's not throw everything in the trash can. Let's really try and recycle, reuse uh, products, um, do what we can to limit our use of uh, resources, if you will, raw materials, and equally important to reduce the amount of landfill. With that said, there was a program or a uh, regulation developed, uh, it's actually referred to as a directive, that is the waste electrical electronic equipment. And as part of that, they also started working on the reduction of hazardous substances or the restriction of hazardous substances referred to as ROHS or ROHAS or ROSE. Uh, it's called a number of different things, but the acronym or the letters are ROHS. This is where they uh, wrote directives, which are in fact regulations, requirements to reduce the amount of lead, the amount of mercury, um, the hexylvania chromate, the cadmium, and two forms of flame retardants. 
those reductions actually started taking place in around 2003-2004 with mandates starting in 2006. That started changing the way everything was made in the way of components that would go into products. So by 2005-2006 time frame, if you were making a capacitor, a resistor, a nut, a bolt, a piece of metal for a chassis, a piece of plastic uh, for a product, whether it be a toy, um, although these were primarily electrical and electronic, uh, which was the driver for this, it really expands beyond those particular products. Uh, electrical and electronic is where the foundations are built. And with that said, if you're building a computer and you've got plastic, all the plastic has to be compliant, which means that plastic manufacturers and the manufacturers of plastic products that don't necessarily have electrical in them or electricity of any sort are still moving towards a lead-free product. Toys were another area that they addressed with this. So where we're at is we have industry on pretty much global basis supporting the European Union's requirements for products, moving away from leaded products, products with mercury, products with cadmium, hexylvania chromate, to uh, hazardous substance-free, as I called it, when we created the Hazardous Substance-Free Mark Alliance. They're moving away from this, so you have now got a large quantity of products that are in, uh, components rather, that are in products that were either never sold or were sold and came back as, uh, as recycle. You also have a lot of uh, products in the world that, again, were never sold but sitting somewhere waiting to be sold you have emerging countries that are buying products that don't have the regulations in place for hazardous substance-free or even counterfeit-free. Uh, As a consequence, the material is getting sold to that country. Now, let's pick Indonesia as just one possible country, uh, Malaysia, the Southern Asiana uh, ASEAN, as they're called, A-S-E-A-N, the Southern Asia Pacific countries. They have entrepreneurs that are buying products. They repackage them or use the components. They manufacture them into a product, and then they sell it somewhere. Well, the obvious least expensive place to sell it is over the Internet. How many of you have actually received an email from time to time offering you a way of making money in your spare time by simply selling products over the internet that you've never, you don't need to invest, you don't need to buy anything, you simply put a website together, you market products, when you sell something, you simply pass the uh, purchase on to somebody somewhere in the world, they ship the product, and you receive money. Uh, it's, a great, it's a great opportunity for folks to become entrepreneurs, become your own boss, 
there have been people that have done extremely well doing this, particularly people with a, uh, a capability for doing um, website design, for doing marketing in a, in a web environment. Uh, many people have done extremely well, but what they potentially don't understand is they don't know what they're really selling. Is it truly a Nike shoe or is it a Nike counterfeit shoe? Uh, is it really a hazardous substance-free product as it should be? I go back to the arm and uh, hatchet versus the arm and hammer. Uh, when that type of thing is done, when intellectual property is not violated, but it is copied in a way that implies it's something that it really isn't. Um, so there, there's unfortunately a fair bit of that going on. These are the things that have driven me. These are the things that I continue to work on. I am currently working with the international community on the counterfeit side. We have, as you know, from uh, the radio and from other places, we actually have an international standard that addresses primarily the military, uh, the avionics industries, and that's comforting to know that avionics, Boeing and Northrop Grumman and Rockwell Collins and Airbus and Lear and uh, all the other manufacturers of airplanes and anything that fly, they're all paying very close attention to this now. They're working very hard to ensure that counterfeits don't get into uh, their products. And these are all done for very good reasons. But the standard is really primarily designed and developed for those industries. So here uh, recently I've taken on a convenership of a working group at the international level. This is a, a uh, team that works together to address counterfeiting. We're going to be doing that with everything from Levi jeans to Nike shoes, uh, baby strollers. Um, we even have a group within the group that is dealing with the uh, Nuclear Energy Commission uh, here in the U.S. as well as the Nuclear Energy Commission in Korea, and I expect that we will pick up uh, the same type of organizations in other countries where there are uh, nuclear power plants. But it's all again about uh, protecting these industries, protecting these environments from either toxic materials or uh, the counterfeiting. And to me, that's, that's a huge thing, to be a voice uh, to share the voice. Uh, that's what I hope this radio uh, talk show is, is doing for those of you listening. We do market our show to six, a little over six and a half million uh, individuals. Uh, voice America, give them a little bit of a plug here. They've got a tremendous following. We've done a, uh, an extremely good job at reaching out uh, through the Voice America Network to a lot of folks and our listening audience quite honestly is worldwide so I feel like I am accomplishing part of my goals my personal goals 
and hopefully uh, addressing the title of the show, which is People to People Working Together for Your Safety. We're up for a quick break here. This is Stan Slot, your host. I'll be back in just a minute. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Did you know that hazardous substances and counterfeit material can be in everything we buy? From new clothing, cars, toys, power cords, and charging units, to your garden hose and the drywall in your home. Did you know that many of these toxins or counterfeits have been found to cause infertility, birth defects, autism, obesity, and diabetes, which can be passed down from parents to children? It's nearly impossible to know the ingredients in these products. Yet Stan Salat Jr., author and creator of the not-for-profit HSF Mark Alliance and Counterfeit Avoidance Mark Alliance, believes that consumers have the right to know the type and amount of hazardous materials in the products we buy. Are you a retailer, a manufacturer, a manager, and a person who cares about the safety of the products you sell and buy? Protect your assets, your job, and your family now. Tell Stan that you want his help. Contact BQPM today. Visit our website at www.bqpm.com or call toll-free 877-415-0191. BQPM.com. Together, we are working for your safety. Secure Components is proud to be the first independent distributor certified to the Department of Defense adopted AS6081 Counterfeit Avoidance Standard. Our clients view us as partners in counterfeit avoidance because we share our source of supply. We have earned their trust to procure electronic and mechanical components specifically when their requirements are obsolete or unavailable from authorized sources. Visit SecureComponents.com today to learn why the largest aerospace, defense, and technology companies in the world partner with Secure Components. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com This is People to People, working for your safety. If you have a question or comment about the program, please send an email to stan.salat at eccorp.org. Again, that's stan.salat. S-A-L-O-T at ECCCorp.org. Now, back to People to People. Welcome back to People to People, working together for your safety. I'm your host, Stan Salat. Our show today is Toxins and Counterfeits, Safety for All. I've been addressing, uh, during this show, I've been addressing questions that I've received from, uh, from our listening audience. Um, about the toxic materials, toxins in products, and uh, specifically lead, mercury, cadmium, hexylvania chromate, and so on, as well as the issues of counterfeit and uh, the detection and mitigation of counterfeiting. A lot of it driven, or um, a lot of the questions really are what are they, how does this happen, what are we doing to solve it? Uh, the last question that I'm that I'm going to address is really, what am I doing? What are some of the things that I'm doing uh, to address this, uh, both nationally and internationally? 
Uh, and I guess this one is, um, you know, if my wife is listening, this one will hit home real hard uh, for a number of reasons, and I think you'll understand them as I go through this. But what do we, what do, we do? And it's not just me. I just happen to be your host. I'm the one talking most of the time. Uh, that bothers some people some of the time. But aside from that, um, the, it, it, it does take a team. This is not something I do personally and all by myself. This is a team of folks. I mentioned many of them that are part of the radio show itself. But there's also a host of folks uh, involved, and, and this is internationally. I serve on the what, what is referred to as the U.S. National Committee for the International Electrotechnical Commission uh, related to quality and reliability of components. That's one of the things that I do. And in that role, I help develop conformity assessment programs uh, related to standards. And what that does for us is it allows third party or organizations that specialize in doing uh, certification work to go into a manufacturer and actually certify them according to a set of uh, standards or specifications. And that then results in a certificate whereby that company can demonstrate through an annual surveillance program that they're doing what the international requirements uh, say they should be doing. So my activity there is uh, one of the things I do. I'm also a frequent speaker. I speak uh, on the subject matter of toxic materials, uh, getting uh, hazardous substance-free products out to the uh, both the industry and the consumer. And those uh, talks are given in conferences, primarily in the area of industry. Uh, not yet crossed that line into the consumer industry or the consumer side specifically, I'll be honest and say, and maybe a little bit uh, hope uh, optimistic here. I would love to uh, find my way onto Oprah or the doctors or Dr. Oz. Uh, the Today Show, Good Morning America, I can name a number of them, uh, CNN, talking about this subject and really exposing it uh, at the highest levels to consumers worldwide. Uh, we have had the United Nations on this show, and uh, that has been tremendously positive and powerful. Uh, we will continue to seek those types of venues. I'm talking with some folks from Homeland Security, the president and CEO of the American National Standards Institute. So a lot of my time is spent talking with folks, convincing them to come on the show. That's one of the things, and talk about what they do and how they do it. You've heard that over, over the uh, many weeks that we've been doing the show. I think this is our 45th, 40, 44th episode, so 44 weeks now we've been doing this. I also do uh, keynote uh, addresses um, next week. In fact, next Tuesday, a week from today, I will be in Australia at the Aging Aircraft and System uh, Conference. This is uh, a conference much like the AANS conference they have here in the U.S. Uh, I'll be giving a keynote address, giving the keynote address. Uh, talking about yesterday, today, and tomorrow, as well as uh, 
topics on counterfeit and topics on hazardous substance. So altogether, I'll be doing three different talks uh, at that conference. I'm working, as I mentioned earlier, on the uh, counterfeit avoidance, uh, expanding the program or the standards from the current uh, environment of uh, aerospace, avionics, and military uh, to all other products to see what we can do about finding uh, fewer counterfeits in the world. I also do consulting, uh, help companies understand what they're up against and how they're up against it. I work with the certification bodies uh, that do this uh, in a training mode. I help train the certification bodies uh, to the conformity assessment programs and the standards that we create uh, or that are created. Also help uh, promote other standards. Uh, the standards organizations, there are many standards organizations. One of them is the environmental um, group called TC111. It's part of the, it works under the IEC, the International Electrotechnical Commission, and they're developing uh, broad-reaching environmental protection uh, standards or environmental standards that we're trying to promote and move into a, um, an area of use by industry. So I do that. Uh, occasionally, I try and get home and actually spend time with my wife and my family. Unfortunately, with most of this work being international, it uh, it really does make uh, make my time a lot of my time is spent <laughs> promoting and helping United Airlines stay in business. I do uh, travel extensively, uh, usually in the hundred and hundred and twenty five to two hundred and fifty thousand air miles a year. Uh, a lot of that's back and forth between the West Coast and the East Coast of the United States, uh, working with the uh, standards bodies, the standards committees, the United uh, States National Committee, the American National Standards Institute, uh, those organizations attempting to uh, find my way into and work with Homeland Security, uh, the Consumer Product Safety, the EPA, uh, so on and so forth. So those are some of the things that uh, I'm doing on a day-to-day -day basis, working with uh, organizations, like organizations. The radio show itself takes a few hours a week, and that's reaching out to other uh, organizations that participate in testing, participate in developing either standards or conformity assessment. You've heard us talk with the Washington uh, Toxin Coalition, uh, and other groups in the U.S. Coming up on the radio show, I'd like to uh, kind of give a little plug. We have uh, Jacob uh, Jacoby, uh, who will be with us. Uh, Jack uh, is an expert in, it's a different form of counterfeiting. It's actually intellectual property and it's not stealing the intellectual property per se, but it's the uh, abuse of intellectual property copying. Uh, I look forward to getting more information, but what Jack's going to talk about is much like I said earlier, it's where a company takes an arm and hammer 
uh, logo and an Arm & Hammer box and a name, and they create a product called Arm and, uh, Hatchet. They change it very little, but they make it uh, such that it appears to be the same. I won't take uh, Jack's thunder, but I will share that he is, by all means, an expert in this field. He has done a tremendous amount of work, and he is uh, going to be on the show here coming up in the next week or two. I'll also uh, be talking with uh, some other folks. Uh, we'll have some guests on the show that are involved in the procurement of uh, obsolete and counterfeit materials. I'm uh, talking with Christine uh, from Christine from Secure Components about being a guest on the show. She's the VP of uh, Supply Chain Management. Uh, talk a little bit about her difficulties, the types of things she has to do in order to make sure she's purchasing for their customers the right materials and the right things that they need. So those are just some of the things, writing standards, writing training, doing a little consulting, uh, mostly reaching out to people to find out what they're doing and how they're doing it, helping groups put together the test methodologies, uh, develop ways to actually reduce, if you will, or more importantly, maybe the best way to say it, it's really all about supply chain management. And I use that terminology carefully, but it's trust but verify. How do we get what we're doing today, particularly with the advent of the electronic store as opposed to the brick and mortar store, uh, where that's becoming a huge part of our market, uh, a huge part of our economy, rather. How do we get that positioned so that we, in fact, know that we're getting good, safe products? Uh, similar to Angie's list and some of the other things, we're trying to develop the HSF Mark Alliance, the website hsf.us, and the Counterfeit Avoidance Mark Alliance, uh, the website there is counterfeitavoidance.org, develop those into websites that you as a consumer or a buyer can go to and find what you're looking for and know that you're getting quality products from a quality organization that is uh, qualified and trustworthy. Well, we're coming to the end of the show. And once again, I want to reach out and share with folks, if you have any questions, if you agree or disagree with the information we're sharing, um, the things that I'm doing, by all means, please email me with your comments and questions. You can do that at stan at stansalot.com. That's my direct uh, email now. It again is stan at stansalot.com. We're also on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. You can find me there. Uh, go to the webpage, uh, stansalot.com. I'd like to thank again my, uh, my uh, sponsors, Business and Quality Process Management, Secure Components. I'd also like to thank uh, the folks at Voice America, without whom uh, this show just wouldn't be possible. I count on them each week to help me put on what I hope is a very uh, professional and informative uh, hour show. At Voice America, we have Brandy Jackson, the general manager, uh, 
Robert Cellino, executive producer, Randy Jackman, our production manager, Jeffrey Gerstel, our director of host services, Brookide Marketing and Social Media, and last but certainly not least, Yulia Coach, coach branding and people-to-people production manager. She is, uh, by all means, the person that keeps me where I need to be. Thank you for joining me on People to People, working together for your safety. Remember, change only happens when people come together and work together. Until next week, I'm your host, Stan Slott, wishing you a safe and healthy life. Thank you for listening. Please join host Stan Salat Jr. for next week's edition of People to People, Working for Your Safety. We'll have another show next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a safe, toxic, and counterfeit-free week. <laughs>